0: Continuing in Isaiah, is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your need in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters never fail. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the listening ears of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The first time I remember this passage making a big impression on me was at an ecumenical Ash Wednesday service about 25 years ago. One of the pastors had written a script for us to act out, which was pretty far outside my comfort zone. But... It was ecumenical ministry, so I went where they led us. And we came in with these costumes, and we were having conversations about what fasting could really be. And it was memorable, at least to some degree. You see, the best actor was the person making the point that God didn't want the fast the way that people were doing it. So... In the congregation, the people that liked fasting as a spiritual discipline did not like the service because those were the only lines they heard. And the people that didn't like fasting thought, well, yay, I don't have to do anything about Lent anymore. Now, the point wasn't supposed to be that God does want us to fast as a way to consider and pay attention to God. The point was supposed to be that God doesn't want us to fast as a way to say, okay, I did that, now I can treat people however I want. I've never had to explain a service as much. But the memory did get grounded in my brain, and still there. The second time this passage made a big impression on me was at a secret Santa party held in November. It wasn't your typical secret Santa party, We drew names, yes, but nobody was allowed to buy a present. We were in a class together, away from home at Columbia Theological Seminary, taking a class on reading the Bible with fresh eyes. And the professor told us we were supposed to bring a verse from the Bible as a gift for the person whose name we had drawn, a verse we thought might speak to them in their lives at the moment. When it came time to share... I found out that the woman I knew best in the class had drawn my name that year had been tough at the camp where John and I worked. There were staff changes and property issues and presbytery conflicts, plus the elementary school where our kids went was overcrowded, and they had decided the solution was to put forty five second graders in one room. We were very concerned about the education our child was going to get. And so all of this was weighing on me, and I'm typically the kind of person that if I go to a class like that and somebody says, how are you? I say, fine, which is what I did. But she didn't stop. She kept asking and came away thinking that my soul was feeling tired. So I opened her gift to read these words from Isaiah 58. If you offer your food to the hungry, and satisfy the needs of the afflicted. Then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your need in parched places and make your bones strong. I still love those words. I still feel like if I read them slowly and let them get into my soul, if I let them become true in my life by sharing everything I have to share, my needs will be satisfied in parched places. It was an aha moment, an opportunity to remember no matter how alone we feel on any given day, we are connected God's word tells us that as we reach out to give to someone else what they need and find and meet each other in the empty places, through the grace of God, the needs we have are met too. What about the fear we have that there won't be enough for us? That if we share what we have with someone that needs it, there will be a day when we won't have enough. Sometimes we live as if we're living in a zero-sum world. But is it? Is being a human a matter of only so much to go around? Love isn't like that. Having more children doesn't mean we leave the first one, love the first ones less. Love isn't about addition and subtraction. More friends doesn't make us care less about the first ones we made. Love is multiplication. Being human in the sense that God created humans in God's image and sharing, that's what humans are created to do. Birds are created to fly, humans are created to be compassionate and generous. Mr. Rogers tells us there are three ways to be a successful human. The first is, be kind. The second is, be kind. And the third is, be kind. Compassion and generosity, those are the words that lead us out of the holes we might feel we are in, the parched places, and help us see the truth of God's word Lately, I've been hearing talk about what it would take for us to rediscover what it would mean to be a generous society. This is an important question. In this time of what's in it for me, we need to consider what an alternative vision and voice look like. Isaiah gives us that vision and asks us to recognize that generosity fills the whole world's souls. The giver and the recipient are both filled through opening our spirits to care for more than ourselves. Oh, sure, it's possible we might share with someone who uses what we share unwisely. But is that the worst thing that could happen? Or is the worst thing that could happen that we choose not to be the people God created us to be? That we make ourselves smaller? That we put fear ahead of love and choose not to open our hearts? The scripture for today It is a way for us to remember that our lives and the life of the community depends on our willingness to open ourselves to those who need us. It is what God is at work doing in us. We can and we need to be trumpets for the call of these words. Isaiah tells us that if we want to restore the heart and soul of who we want to believe we are as people, we need to hear what God is looking for from us to recognize our soul's brokenness will be dealt with if we allow ourselves to heal through being wrapped up in everybody's good. In everybody's kindness, in everybody's compassion. What will help us be restored? What will satisfy us in parched places? What will make our bones strong again? This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day to be kind to be compassionate, to be generous. This is the day. May it be so for you and for me. In Jesus' name, amen.